You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. The jury is in. The verdict is read. Case closed. Few thoughts could be more sobering. The day is fast approaching when every person who has ever lived will have their lives reviewed before all-seeing eye of God. But don't let this alarm you. Take heart, brothers and sisters. On a couple of occasions, when the book of Revelation mentions, pretty much four occasions, mentions a great judgment, it brings forth praise and thanksgiving. But did you know that the Bible mentions judgment more than a thousand times? Almost every Bible writer refers to it, so its importance cannot be overemphasized. In the next few moments, as we go through this study together, you're going to get a real eye-opener in this neglected subject entitled, Case Close the Judgment. Father, we thank you for this time. We ask that you would bless us as we go through this word, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So this first part of the judgment, brothers and sisters, which we don't talk much about, but we're going to just focus on just a few key things today. Um, the first phase of the judgment, of the final judgment, we have to ask some questions. And the Bible always answers our questions. Gabriel gave Daniel the prophecy of the 1844 heavenly judgment. The first phase of the judgment is called the pre-advent judgment because it takes place before Jesus is coming. What group of people will be considered in the first phase of this judgment? And when does it end? And I'm sure the Bible has an answer to that. Sure, it does. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 and also in Revelation 22 verse 11 and 12. The Bible tells us what group of people will be considered in the first phase of judgment. And when does it end? It says here in 1 Peter 4, 17, judgment must begin at the house of God. That's 1 Peter 4 and 17. Brothers and sisters, if we can see that today and we know that we do, oh my goodness, judgment has started at God's church first. Let me go on with the rest of the text because I don't want you to get my thoughts or man's thoughts or man's opinion. I want you to get it straight from the word of God. Revelation 22, 11 and 12 states, he that is just, unjust, excuse me, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give Every man according as his work shall be. So what group of people will be considered in the first phase of the judgment? And when does it end? Brothers and sisters, it ends just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Those living and dead who claim to be Christian, the house of God, will be considered in the pre-advent judgment, brothers and sisters. I hope that is clear to you, clear as water. Uh, what group of people will be considered? Those who are living for Christ while they're alive and those who have died in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's who that one is for. 
and it ends at the coming of Jesus Christ. Let's move on. Let's move on. Who presides at the judgment? Who is the defense attorney? Who's the judge? Who's the accuser? And who are the witnesses? And I'm sure that the word of God is going to give us plain understanding of what we need to know about this case being closed. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, and we also find in 1 John 2 and verse 1 and St. John 5 and verse 22, Revelation 12 and verse 9 and 10. Let's go back and see who presides over this judgment, who's the defense attorney, who's the judge, who's the accuser, and who are our witnesses. The Bible tells us clearly in Daniel 7 and verse 9 and 10 that the ancient of days did sit. His throne was like the fiery flame. The judgment was set and the books were open. That's what Daniel 7, 9, and 10 says. And here come 1 John 2, 1, talking about who's the defense attorney. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's who the defense attorney is, brothers and sisters. And it goes on here in John chapter 5 and verse 22. It says, the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That's what the word of the Lord says. And here comes Revelation 12, 9 and 10, and chapter 3 of Revelation, verse 14. It talks about the accuser, the devil, the accuser of our brethren is cast down. See, he's the accuser, which accused them before our God day and night. And here it is. Those things said the amen, the faithful and true witness. These are the witnesses and the beginning of the creation of God. That's what you were looking for. That's what you and I were looking for right there. So <clears throat> who presides at the judgment and who is the defense attorney and who's the judge and who's the accused and who are the witnesses? God, the father, the ancient of days, he presides in the judgment. He loves you and I very much. And Satan is your only accuser in the heavenly court. Jesus, who loves you, who's your best friend, will be your attorney, judge and witness. He promises that the judgment will be given in favor of the saints. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Let's move on right quick. Let's move on. Brothers and sisters, we have another awesome question here. What is the source of evidence that's going to be used in the pre-advent judgment, you know, right before Jesus comes? What is the source of evidence that's going to be used? By what standard will all be judged? Here comes another question. Since God already knows everything about every person, why we need to have a judgment? That's the real question for today. Since God already knows what's going to happen, what does the Bible tell us? It tells us in Daniel 7 and verse 10, the judgment was set and the books were opened. Revelation 20 and verse 12 tells us and answers the question, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And then over there in James chapter 2 and verse 12, here it is. It's the most strangest text here in dealing with this subject. They shall be judged by the law of liberty. 1 Corinthians 4, 9 tells us we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. So what is the source of evidence used in the pre-advent judgment and by what standard will all be judged since God already knows everything about every person? Why we have to have a judgment? Here comes a clear answer of 2020. Evidence for court comes from books in which all details of one's life are recorded. For the faithful the record of prayer, repentance, and forgiveness of sin will be there for all to see. The records will prove that God's power enables Christians to live changed lives. That's what the enemy don't want you to do. He does not want you to live a changed life. But when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, hallelujah, you live a changed life. 
God is pleased with his saints and will delight in sharing the evidence of their lives. The judgment will confirm that there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, Romans 8 and verse 1. You see, beloved, here it is. The Ten Commandment law is God's standard in the judgment. That's James chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. Yes, it is. The Ten Commandments. Yes, they still are binding today. If you take somebody's keys and you run off with them and you start the car, you get into the car and you don't pretend that it's that it's theirs anymore. and You take it as your own. That's called stealing, brothers and sisters. Yes, it is. So the Ten Commandments are still binding. If you take a piece of wood that, that looks like somebody you know and you start bowing before it and worshiping it, that's called um, uh, taking an idol before yourself and worshiping it as God. That's putting something else in the place of God. He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's breaking the commandments, beloved. Just wanted to give you some clarity on, on what's still binding today. You see, breaking his law is a sin, 1 John 3, 4, and the righteousness of the law will be fulfilled by Jesus Christ and all his people. To claim that this is impossible to, is to doubt Jesus' word and his power. Lord, help us. You see, the judgment is not to inform God. I hope you got that clear, beloved, that you're listening today. The judgment is not to inform God. He is already full informed, according to 2 Timothy 2 and verse 19. However, the redeemed people will be coming to heaven from a world that has been degraded by sin. Both angels and the inhabitants of other unfallen worlds would certainly feel uneasy about admitting anyone to God's heavenly kingdom who might start sin all over again. Thus, the judgment will open to them every detail and every answer of every question. Satan's real aim has always been to discredit God as unfair, ruthless, unloving, and always truthful. This makes it even more important for all beings in the universe to see firsthand how extremely patient God has been with sinners and the vindication of God's character is the prime purpose of the judgment. And not that praise and glory are given to God for the way, excuse me, note, that the praise and the glory are given to God for the way he handles the judgment. Beloved, you can't help but to understand what's going on right there. You can't help but to have a more clearer perception of what God wants. But here comes one of the questions here that's very pivotal in today's society. What portion of a person's life is considered in the pre-advent judgment and what will be confirmed and how will rewards be decided? Ecclesiastes 12, 14 says, God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Uh-huh. And the Bible tells us over there in Matthew 13, verse 30 and verse 41, let both the wheat and the tares grow together until the harvest, the son of man shall mm -hmm, send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. And I love this with Revelation 22 and verse 12 says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to his works shall be. So what portion of a person's life is considered in the pre-advent, that means before the com second coming of Jesus Christ, what will be confirmed and how will rewards be decided? Every detail of your life and my life will be reviewed, including the secret thoughts and actions. For this reason, the first phase of the judgment, first phase of the judgment, brothers and sisters, is also called the investigative judgment. The judgment will confirm who will be saved and those who claim to be Christians. 
it will doubtless also confirm as lost those whose names are not judged in the pre-advent judgment. Although we are saved by grace, rewards will be given based on works, deeds, and conduct which prove the genuineness of a Christian's faith. James chapter 2 and verse 26. Brothers and sisters, the second phase of the final judgment. Here comes another question. What group is involved in the heavenly judgment during the thousand years of Revelation chapter 20? And what is the purpose of the second phase of the judgment? Come on, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 3. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? Know ye not that we shall judge the angels? Revelation 20 and verse 4 says, And I saw thrones and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. You see, the short answer is this. The saints or the righteous people of God of all ages, who Christ takes to heaven in the cloud at his second coming, who will be participating in the second phase of the judgment. Brothers and sisters, you want to know that one. You want to make sure that you know that one, the second phase of the judgment. And here, suppose a family is discovered here that there be much beloved son who was murdered was not in heaven, but the murderer was. Doubtless, they would need some answers. And the second phase of the judgment will answer all these questions of the righteous. The life of every lost person will be carefully reviewed by the righteous who will then totally agree with Jesus's decision regarding the reward for each one. And it will become obvious to all that the judgment is no arbitrary matter. Instead, it simply confirms the choices which people have already made to serve Jesus or another master. You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with yours truly, Dr. Christopher Manuel. You are invited to join me at the Smyrna Seventh-day Adventist Church every first and second Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. located at 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. And on the third and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 45. 17 South MacArthur Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. Beloved, your gifts and love offerings can help keep this ministry on the air. Send your correspondence.